Hebrews chapter 4, please. And again, where this is part 9, but we're going to take it somewhere else for you this morning. We'll not be too long because we've sang more this morning and we prayed for the sick this morning. And that has taken up quite a bit of our time. But that's okay. That's the way the Lord wanted it. And the Lord is evident in our midst. So let's just look at verse 14. Seeing then we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, through your eternal spirit, we give you glory and praise and honor in this place this morning. And we ask you now to shut us in with yourself and speak to every heart and encourage us again because you're so faithful and so good and so great an encourager. There's none like you. So in Jesus' name we pray this morning, Father, that you would encourage every heart, even those who may have come in who are weary or down or those who feel, Lord, that they're dead in spirit, those who are angry or those who have problems or troubles and Lord, break in and break through every one of them. And we pray in Jesus' name that they would receive the engrafted word that is able to save the soul, but is also able to steer the soul toward the kingdom of God. We ask it all in Jesus' name and for his glory. And we'll give you thanks. Amen. We looked last week at Hebrews 10 and 20 where it speaks of that the Lord Jesus has consecrated a new and the living way for us. In that new and living way, we give you an example of Second Samuel chapter 6, where David bringing the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem, every six paces shed the blood of an animal. And everywhere was covered in blood. The whole way, the whole road was strewn with blood. And as they walked, their feet, their sandals, their legs, their garments, the splashing of it. Think temple that would later be built but this is in David's time remember the great temple was not yet built but approached into Jerusalem to lay the ark of the covenant to rest in the place where God would design and at this point in a tabernacle in other words when they went in they were coming through the blood through the blood of the lamb or through the blood of an innocent animal covered in blood And that's why we have, through the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, we have a a greater blood, a blood that is God's blood, the blood of the Son of God, and that blood is precious blood. It's holy blood. It's righteous blood. And we can only come through the blood of God, through the blood of the Lamb. And so we looked at that, how we come to our Father clothed, covered, washed in the blood. There's power in 2014, on the 18th of May, right this very morning, where you are sitting, where we have been worshipping, singing, praising, anointing with oil, praying for the sick, where we have been standing together 
and worshipping the Father, we still believe there is power in the blood of the Lamb. There's power in the blood of Jesus. Amen. There's power in his blood. Notice this, that God has called us many times to his presence. Many times in times of trouble and strife and stress and hardships. And God says, come, come, come. Get the first part, one, two or three. And you'll hear of all the different, throughout the Old Testament, come to me, come to me. And yet even in our Christian experience, being born of the Spirit and washed in the blood, God still calls us to come. When our flesh says no, the Spirit says yes. And when we want to have our comforts, and when we want to sit maybe watching television, the Spirit of God speaks to our hearts, witnesses to our souls, and speaks to our minds and says, come and pray, come and worship, come and spend time with me, come and fellowship. So brother, sister, you have an open door. You not only have a doorway to heaven, you not only have a road to glory, you have an open heaven, an open throne. For the Father says, come. It's called the throne of grace. Now notice that, it's called the throne of grace. So there's a new and living way which has been consecrated for us um, through the veil, that is to say, the flesh of Christ, that is his flesh. And the veil was the veil that separated Israel from that inner uh, sanctuary called the holy place or the most holy where only the priest could go once a year and sprinkle blood for the sins of the people. When Christ died and cried, it is finished. That great veil in the temple was rent from the top to the bottom signifying an open heaven for all who are in the Lord Jesus Christ. So you and I have an open heaven, not only an open door, we have an open heaven and a throne room that you and I can go to no matter when we need to go, no matter where we are when we need to go, no matter our position or our condition, we have an open throne of grace. So this morning, what is in your life? What is problem, your problem? What is your stress or your distress? What is it that comes upon you, your anxiety, your fear, your worry? What is it that holds you back that you cannot come? Last week we looked and says the only thing that can hold you back from the throne of grace is yourself and nothing else. You see, if we say I can't come because I haven't prayed enough, if you're praying, you're at the throne of grace. If we say they can't come to the throne of grace for I haven't prayed in two days and God won't accept me. I'm not advocating that we don't pray every day. I'm saying seek the Lord, pray every day, read the scriptures, have your time of devotion and fellowship of Christ throughout the day. I fellowship with the Lord if I'm in the car. I'll be driving up saying, you know, Lord, I was just thinking about this. And the Lord said, I know, son, I was putting them in your mind. (laughs) All these things, the Lord knows, it's a fellowship. And I spoke about it last week, a little poster I saw, and it said, religion is a man sitting in church thinking about fishing. That's religion. That's what many people have. Religion is a man sitting in church thinking about fishing. Relationship is a man out fishing thinking about God. You're outside, you're thinking about him. You're on in your boat with your, your rod, you're thinking about him. When you're out and you're going to meet friends, you're thinking about him. When you're away out for the day or you're doing your shopping. This might sound strange to some of you. 
I don't really do a lot of shopping, also can testify, but if I'm over there, I'd be walking around on my own, and I'd be just looking around and saying, Lord, there's a wee woman looking, she's not too well living, will you bless her? Will you help her? And just walking about. I'd stand outside and pray for people, or look to see what's going on around me. Commune with God all the time. It's an open heaven for you and your problems. Now I notice this, that new and living way opens up where we could even cry, like Psalm 95 and verse 6. Oh come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before our Lord, our Maker. And many, many think that they can't come to God because simply they are not good enough. Now I have something to tell you, brother, sister. I have something to tell you, friend. None of us are good enough to come to God outside of Him. But because we are in Christ, we are his children, we're his sons, we are his daughters, we're blood washed, we're blood bought, we're spirit filled, we are bought with a great price and we belong to him. This morning, you can come before the throne of grace. I've let him down. That's where you need to go then. I've sinned and that's where you need to go then. I've failed, that's where you need to go. Listen, we come to pray, we come to seek as if God is a, a man uh, with a, a long beard with a big massive baseball bat or a stick waiting to beat every one of his children. Not so. He's a God who loves his children. May chastise or correct, but nevertheless he always loves us. I love a little quote by Martin Luther, the great reformer. Listen to what he says. Prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance, but laying hold of his willingness. Prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance, but laying hold of his willingness. In other words, you and I come to pray sometimes, and we say, Oh Lord, but only. Oh Lord, but if you would. But I'm not sure if you would. Do you really love me, Lord? I'm not sure if I can come to you. And we panic, and we get ourselves in a twist, and we're all worked up, and there's nothing coming down, and we're looking for this, that, and the other, and it's all as if God is reluctant to bless his children. It's as if God is reluctant to love you. But in the words of Martin Luther, I thought it was a beautiful and a wonderful thing he says. Prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance, but laying hold of his willingness. Instead of coming before the Father and saying, Father, I know I've let you down. But one thing I know is that the blood of Jesus Christ, your son, cleanses me from all sin. One thing I know, Father, is that you say, come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy that we might find grace to help in a time of need. I know, Father, that you're, that, that you're God of love and that you love me with an everlasting love. Your arms are always stretched out toward us. Your voice is always calling us and left my own devices and walk away. I wouldn't be here. I'd be in the world, the pub, the club, or wherever. But it's through your grace Drawn by your spirit and under the blood of Jesus, in his name I come. And I am not coming to overcome your reluctance. Father, this morning I'm coming to lay hold of your willingness. Willingness to bless. Willingness to keep. Willingness to strengthen. Willingness to take me through this storm. In fact, willingness to tell the storm. That's the difference. We can all meet him not sure God if you would the Lord says and you don't know me and neither do you know my word don't try to overcome God's reluctance but lay hold of his willingness 
God our Heavenly Father invites us to come, come to the throne of grace and into his presence. Come and seek him and to worship him and to praise him. Come and pray, come and exalt him. Come with joy, come with gladness, come with assurance in our hearts and freedom without conditions or demands being laid upon us. He says, come as you are, child. Come and tell me all about it. Come and bring it to me. You're telling people, and we all do, I have and I do, how big our storm is. But now it's time to tell the storm how big my God is. How big is your God? If he's as small as you, then we're beat. But if he is the God that created the heavens and the universe and everything that is in them, then we have victory on our side. Here God says, come and find grace at my throne. Come without conditions or demands and come with confidence. Come boldly. Remember, forget your past. Forget your flaws. Forget your feelings and your faltering. Forget your lethargy. You hear me, Christian? Listen, forget, forget your lack of dizziness. That's a big word. It means forget your laziness in the Lord. I've been too lazy and you wouldn't want me back. Forget your laziness. Forget your problems and your stresses and your anxieties and your weariness and your wanderings and your waywardness and your disappointments. Forget your feelings and forget your hurts and forget your offences and forget those things that have come upon you and lay them all to the side and at this place, present point in time say, Father, there may be a church filled with people here but this morning one thing I know sitting in my seat or standing in the place of worship I'm coming to the throne of grace. For I need help. And there you will find him. There you'll find it. Notice, forget your offenses. Forget your disillusionments. If I asked you, who's been disillusioned here by the things that we see in church? And who's been disillusioned here by the things we see in the church, i.e. the people who are the church? Who's been disillusioned by the actions of men and women? Who claim and proclaim the name of Christ. Who has been disillusioned by leadership. Who has been disillusioned. You have been disillusioned in me. And I have been disillusioned in you. And we will all be coming to the throne of grace. And saying Lord we are all disillusioned with each other. If I said who is disillusioned. Every one of us being honest would put up our hands. I put my hand up because I have been disillusioned. In things many many times. But one thing I am assured of is this. I have never, never, never been disillusioned with God. Never. Even in great loss, I never said, God, see you. I asked why. But not disillusioned with him. Let us therefore come to the throne of grace. We have to come boldly. And notice, brothers and sisters, it's a throne of grace, it's not a throne of judgment. God isn't calling you to say, Come here, I give you a good scalp. He's not saying, come here, do I give you a good being? He's saying, come to me, child. It's an open door. It's a wide open heaven. Just come as you are to me. And there's grace to be found at this throne. So we looked also last week at obtaining mercy and finding grace. Remember, mercy mercy is this. Mercy is when we do not get that which we do deserve. Mercy is when we do not get that which we do deserve. 
Now, if we had not obtained mercy, then you and I would be lost in our sins on the road to hell. And that's just plain and blunt, and that's where we are. But we didn't receive that. That's mercy has found us. We didn't receive that. What we received was the love of God sent in the person of his son, dying on a cross, burying our sin and our shame and our sorrows and our sickness on that tree that you and I would obtain the mercy of God and find grace to take us to the kingdom. This morning, let us understand the difference, the big and vast difference between those who have obtained mercy and those who have not obtained mercy. Friend, if you are outside of Christ and you have not received Christ as Savior and not received him as personal Lord, and you've not bowed the knee to him and come under his authority. And whether, no matter who you are, it doesn't matter what foot you kick with, as we say here. It doesn't matter why you've come up as a Protestant or come up as a Catholic. Or it doesn't matter why you come up as a Jew or a, a Hindu or a Muslim or whatever. It doesn't matter the religion we had, the times and church or the denomination we stuck with. Outside of Christ, you're lost. But in Christ, you obtain mercy. You obtain mercy. It's like the hymn writer said, mercy there was great. And grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty. A Calvary. Here is a place of mercy. Notice you obtain it. Gives the idea not only to receive it, but it gives the idea you lay hold on it. My brother and sisters, when you're, I'm talking to the saved and I'm talking to the church. When you come to the throne of grace, remember you've obtained mercy. So when you stand before the Father and you think you can't, you must understand that you're not going on your merit, but on the merit of Christ. You must understand that as Christ is, so are you in this world. You must understand that when you go before him, in spite of your faults and your failures and all those things, that when you come before the Father... He sees you as Jesus, as perfect as Jesus, as righteous and as pure and as holy because he sees Jesus. He sees him. He sees you through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you say you can't come. It's like the Wesleyan hymn, the father hears him pray, his dear anointed one. He cannot turn away the presence of his Son. And if he cannot turn away the Lord Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, you and I who are, listen, in Christ by faith, when we come, he cannot turn you away because we come in Christ. And he sees Jesus. It's nothing to do with you. It's nothing to do with me. And we lay hold on that mercy. In other words, you can come because you've obtained, you've led hold of mercy. And when your brain and your mind or the devil or whoever starts to play tricks on you and starts to say, you know, you might as well give up. You might as well curse God and die like Job's wife says. You might as well go into the world. You might as well just languish in your sin. You might as well just forget about it all. Listen, brothers and sisters, to what I've got to say here this morning. For this is of the utmost importance to the word of God. 
You have obtained mercy. You must stand before the Father realizing who you are in him. I am not. I am not. I have not. I will not receive that which I deserve. I.e. to be cast out of his presence because mercy has found me and I'm in him. I'm in him. Secondly, we find grace. We find grace. Here's a strange thing because sometimes we, you know, we, 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 I, I'm like the rest of them. I'm as doctrinally concerned as the next man and can stand and have a debate and all that sort of stuff. I'm not as bad as I used to be where I used to do that stuff. But finding grace, how do you find grace? You see, we're told in Genesis chapter 6 that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Does that mean Noah went out of his own heart rooting for God? Does that mean an unregenerate man can look for God? Does that mean an unregenerate spirit can look for God? It does not because we're dead in our trespasses and in our sins. The word find gives the idea how can I please put this? You know like the the thought comes to you, the epiphany, the light bulb comes on, you pull the string, ding, the big light above the head, and suddenly you see it. And suddenly it manifests, and suddenly it appears, and suddenly it illuminates before you, and suddenly you understand, and suddenly you comprehend, and suddenly you grasp hold of it, and suddenly you can take it in, and it's the big light bulb comes on, that epiphany to the mind. That's how grace finds us. In other words, suddenly, grace finds me. And I seen Christ die for my sin. And the light bulb, as it were, came on in my life. And I said, there, as John the Baptist could cry, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world and my sin. The light bulb comes on to see him. That's called the regeneration of the Holy Ghost. Grace finding us and us finding grace is not us seeking, but rather it's seeking us. It's seeking us. And as believers we can now turn to find grace, to realize. If mercy is when we do not get that which we do deserve, grace is when we do get that which we do not deserve. When we do get that which we do not deserve, we got his son. Hallelujah. We got his blood. Hallelujah. We got his spirit. Hallelujah. We got his great sacrifice for us. Hallelujah. We got justification and redemption and salvation and righteousness of Christ. We got that. Hallelujah. That's what we got. See, that's grace. And in our Christian lives we find that when we think we can't go to the throne of grace, we realize that God is not just uh, sympathy in sympathy with us. Remember, Old Testament sympathy, God knows all about us. But with New Testament empathy, God becoming man, he fully understands us. And he understands what it's like. Whenever you're hungry and thirsty and tempted and tried and tired and, and weary. He understands it and he comes and he says, come to me. I understand and there we find grace. And we do receive that which we do not deserve. He just keeps loving us and pouring it over us. And we walk away refreshed in his presence. Giving him the glory. 
And God has made big and moves large in the life. So here we have this little verse, a little more chopped up for us. Obtaining grace, finding mercy to help. I don't think I need to break down the word help there. You know what it's like when you need help. You know what it's like when you really need help. The idea here is help in time of need. The word time with help is what makes the difference in this verse. I'd say this to some of you because I know as your pastor, I know what you go through. Some of it. A bit, quite a bit of it sometimes. And I know the struggles and I know the hardships. And people may even say to the apostle, wouldn't you preach that message this morning? Listen, this is not a cards castle up here, a pulpit where you come up here and you shout people down because you're up in a pulpit. I don't believe in that. But neither is it me just trying to bring something to one person when the whole rest of the body could be starving with malnutrition of the word of God. But when I'm writing, I'm thinking of people. When I'm writing, I'll say, that may help somebody. That may encourage such and such. And I'm not writing it for you, but the Holy Ghost giving it to me to give it on to you. So as a pastor, I understand what people are going through and, uh, and how they're feeling and, and troubles and trials and fears and tribulations. And, and yes, sometimes I'm disillusioned with people, but people may be disillusioned with me, but we must love one another through these things. The idea here is to help a time of need. We know what it is to help, but time of need in the Greek makes us stronger. There are some of you, not be all of you, but some of you, quite a few of you, are going through a seasonal time of hardship. I'm going to finish on this point. I'm going to show you more next week. No, well, maybe something different. I'll break it for a week. But anyhow, some of you are going through, notice what I said, a seasonal time of hardship. Do you know one of those times which are really difficult, heartrending? Do you know those times that are really hard to cope with? Some seasons are short, some seasons are long. It's like over here in Northern Ireland, we have sort of uh, that autumn wintery feeling about 10 months of the year and then we get about 3 days of summer and the rest is winter some of you get longer seasons than others the idea here is for you this morning I feel like a prophet saying here of Israel here this morning church for you this morning in a seasonal time of hardship this season will end. This season will come to pass and in that God says I am calling you to the throne of grace and many do not come. Many will not come. I'm calling you to the throne of grace where is an open heaven for the idea here of help in time of need the time of need means to find special, if I can put that word, or extra, if I can put that word, special grace in a seasonal time of hardship. You may go through a seasonal time of hardship for a few days, a week, a month, or a year or more. The Lord says, come and I will strengthen you. You'll obtain mercy, you'll find grace, 
and he will bring it to an end. You need to do that. I can't do that. The church needs to do that. I can't do that for you. I believe that's the word of the Lord to the church at this time. And I believe that's the word that God would have you to listen to this morning. I would like to look in the Lord's will next week or the week after. And I brought it to you before. I was going to bring it this morning, but things changed. And that's okay, Lord. I'm going to show you how I mentioned the word impute or imputed or imputing before. Reconciling. I'm going to show you God becoming flesh and you and I in him and how he has not counted up all your sin. But he's counted up what Christ has done. We'll look at it next week in the Lord's will or the week after maybe because of a christening, a dedication. You said a blasphemous word there, didn't you? <laughs> a dedication. I have a dedication next week and we'll maybe just bring a word on the child's name as we like to try and do if we can. And it's an easy one next week because the word is safe. <laughs> it's Tracy and Niall Bell's we one. And the word is safe. And we have another one coming up soon. All right, Daniel and Paula, we're waiting soon for them too. And there's others maybe on the way. The Lord bless you. There's the word of the Lord to you this morning. I want you to take it. Get a CD. I know Denise would be flattered. But if you give her an order, maybe we'll get the CDs done. And listen.